Radio Paul. I'm Finnegan Chu. And I'm Oscar Westridge. And you're listening to Internet Explorers, the weekly half-hour show that follows Oscar and I as we navigate through the depths of the internet. This episode, we're going to be talking about Flash games. Now, Oscar, due to technical difficulties on our end, um, we've already recorded this episode. So we're going back into this. This is actually uh, kind of nostalgic for me because the last time we did this was our first episode when we both got too anxious about the episode that we had recorded. So we stopped and then re-recorded the whole episode. What? Remember our first episode? The yeah. one on the Hypebeast? Yeah. We recorded it twice. That was the last time oh, that we yeah. did this. So. Uh, well, no, we, we've stopped and like started over before. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah uh, I remember that, too. That's always like embarrassing <laughs> when you make it two minutes in. Uh, You're like, ooh, this sucks. <laughs> peek behind the curtain, y'all. It's surprisingly difficult to record a podcast. Um, even You're beyond. Nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's something about having all of, like, it's like the ultimate form of being perceived and that I'm perceiving myself as I'm speaking because it's getting, like, etched down. Oh, I hate that. I haven't thought of it that way. Well, the way. You brought it up. Well, if it helps to think about it, uh, nobody listens to this show, so like, <laughs> it's really just talking into the void. Oh, shoot. I just remember something. Anyway. Yeah. Going right into it. Flash Oscar, games. What is your experience with Flash games? Do you have, like, a history, like, growing up with it? Is it, like, because I know that, you know, they've been around for, like, 20 years, which is... You know, as long as we've been alive. Yeah. So. Yeah, I um, I was a, I was a fledgling gamer. Like I wanted to, pl as as a child, I really wanted to play games. Uh, and, but in t for a long time, like we, a, I don't think could afford to get me a console, and b, like my parents, you know, correctly were like, you're too young to like, you can't. I, I wanted to do a video game system before I was able to read, and like. When was that? I don't know. Like, Three or like three-ish. Really? I don't know. Whenever like kids can't read, I have such a hard time tracking development. But yeah, I wanted a video game system. My parents were correctly like, you're not gonna be able to figure out what you're trying to play because you can't read well enough to know what's going on, uh, which is totally fair. But uh, we did have like a family desktop. And so I do remember like going on like the PBS Kids website uh, oh, okay. and like playing those games for hours. And then as I got older, like, I don't know if you're in school, like, and, and you're uh, bored. Yeah, you're bored. Um, <laughs> Sometimes they have like a computer lab you can go play games at and then as we got older like eventually we all in my district got like uh, Small uh, Chromebook laptops to use in the school. I think some of the oh. schools did uh, like iPads yeah. and stuff like that And so then suddenly that was like a whole new way to play. I think I spent most of my senior year of high school uh, Trying to beat a flash game that I had been playing since I was like uh, like 10. Which one was it? Run 3. Run 3. A little alien you run from one end of the course to the other. There's like 60 levels in a surprisingly deep lore. 60 levels? Yeah. Um, and because, you know, by like the second half of senior year of high school, you don't really have like anything left to do. Yeah. So uh, you just kind of sit there. Yeah, exactly. So I would sit there in study hall and play Run 3 for like 40 minutes. Huh. What okay. about you? What is your history with flash games? So I, you know, similarly, I mean, we had like a family computer and stuff and I would always, I think I, I would, if I vaguely remember correctly, I had like computer time and that kind of thing. And I would always go um, on like DisneyChannel.com and like play all of the, the like classic like Disney Channel show games, specifically like the Hannah Montana games, yeah. the, um, oh, the, the Zack and Cody games, the one where it's literally like a pizza party pickup. And you just move like one of the characters around and you get all the ingredients and yeah. then you like move up to the next level. Oh yeah, for without sure. Without getting caught. 
not, I don't know this one specifically, but I did used to play a bunch of like the Cartoon Network games, which I think were very similar. Oh, I wasn't a Cartoon Network kid growing up. I wasn't a Disney Channel kid, so uh-huh. like, you know, the fact that we're able to form this friendship in spite of our very different, like, Opposites. past. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's kind of beautiful. Um, but then once I moved to Maryland in like third grade um, was when I was in public school because mm-hmm. I was in private school for the first few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were in like the computer lab and stuff, I think it was in third grade when we got introduced to like cool math games because yes. um, I think it started out as like we used one of their games for class. I think it was like coffee shop or lemonade stand. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> I think during in the coffee shop game we it turned into more of a game of like not figuring out you know how you're gonna make the most money, mm-hmm. but like how to make the customers throw up. <laughs> Which, like, you can do in the game. You just have to make, like, the nastiest coffee possible. Yeah. And, I mean, your reputation will, like, go way down yeah, on as the it game. Sh- as it should. As it- <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was more fun to do it that way. Um, and along with that, it was we had the, the lemonade, stand, lemonade Stand game, which was very similar. It was just about, like, making money and how to make a profit based off of what... You gotta buy, how much you're gonna sell. Oh yeah, like very, you know, early capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then I think once we didn't use those games for class anymore, I mean, Cool Math Games has still had like this large library of oh, yeah. quote, educational games. That yes. um, like if we were done um, playing, or not playing, but like done with our assignments and stuff, then our teachers would be like, oh, you can, Go on cool math games if you're done with your work, and so I mean that's that kind of opened up a huge door. Do you think that teachers ever figured out how uneducational those games actually were? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was like still like, hey, we just need to get some. It's like watching a movie in class. It's like we just need exactly. to kill some time. That makes exactly. sense. sense. I and uh, what is it about games like where the goal is to like run something smoothly and operationally that makes people want to figure out how to make it like the least functional thing ever? Because like. Why, like, in The Sims, everyone's favorite thing is, like, trying to, like, kill their Sims in a horrifying way. Or, like, Roller Coaster Tycoon, where you build an oh amusement park. Oh my god, yeah, yes. People exclusively try to build amusement park rides that, like, kill the customers. Yeah. Just... <laughs> now that you actually mentioned that, I went through, like, an entire Roller Coaster Tycoon phase, but I didn't have a PC. I always had a Mac growing up, and so, like... All of the PC games just were not like yeah. there to download, but I would always watch the Roller Coaster Tycoon videos. Yeah. It was like a really weird like phase in my <laughs> adolescence. Now that I think about it, um, but yeah, you actually saying that name really just sparked like a, a memory, which also reminds me of this one. Um, this is totally kind of like off topic, but not well, not really. Yeah. But um, I, have I ever told you about the like full like? PowerPoint game that I made. Yeah, you mentioned it on our, I think it was maybe our fanfiction episode or something like that. Really? Yeah, you've mentioned it before on the show. I have? Okay. Um, I can't remember if I had, but it was like fully a PowerPoint that honestly was kind of built like a Flash game. mm -hmm. Um, But it was almost like an amusement park that you could click through. Oh, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. And I actually made it for my friend because it was based off of like, I think a character that she'd made. Um, But I, yeah. Now that I think about it, I had like a really weird like game developing phase, but it was in tandem with like my PowerPoint phase as a kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's like, the only thing you, that's the only tool you had, right? It was like, you knew how to use PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. So like, that was the way that you would do it. Yeah, I learned how to like navigate all the buttons and like the links within the show, like the, as in like the PowerPoint show. Yeah. But I learned how to do all that. Oh, and I made like a whole haunted house too. Okay, so yeah, 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 you were, um, yeah, which is basically like a choose your own adventure. Yeah, exactly. You would, you would make exactly. choose your own adventure, which is super cool. Thank you. Okay, anyway, that went into a whole tangent. Going into the actual research about um, Flash games, according to the Wikipedia of Adobe Flash Player, because there is not like a, a Wikipedia specifically dedicated to Flash games, but there is one on Adobe Flash Player as well as browser games. Um, the Adobe Flash Player was released in uh, 1996 on January 1st, created by Macromedia, um, and it was then discontinued on December 31st, 2020. Um, and the download page disappeared on January 2nd, 2021. With that discontinuation, a built-in time bomb was created that blocks like all flash run programs with an icon that like links back to the original info page starting on, I think it was January 12th, 2021. Um, so if you like go onto any website that utilizes flash player, like for anything, um, instead of asking like, oh, do you want this browser to use flash player? It'll give you a little icon that says, this won't run anymore, which is really sad. Yeah, I think I think Flash Player, and we'll talk about this a little bit too. I think it is the first example of like a generation of content on the internet that like will actually like if it wasn't specifically archived, it's just gone forever. Mm -hmm. um, which I think, as we continue to invest in forms of media that are, that are like temporary. Uh, in the system, like I'm interested in like streaming, like a lot of people mm -hmm. don't own the music they like, they just rent it, like they pay to rent it is what you're doing with Spotify. So I'm like interested too, like what yeah. kind of music is gonna make it through that? Like how are those archive, like libraries being archived? Well, and that also brings up like a whole thing because I think my mom recently switched over to Spotify because I think when we got like a new computer and it kind of switched over because she had all of her like CDs and tapes and everything uploaded to our iTunes account. And I think like it just totally got lost. And so technically, you know, she has all that music physically, like in CD format and everything. But she's like, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna like re-upload all of this. I yeah. don't have time. And so you might as well switch over to Spotify, which is crazy actually. Yeah, I think we're like the first generation of people who like the art that is being made right now or preserved right now will be lost not due to um like physical damage, but to literal negligence. Like mm -hmm. we have the capacity to make anything survive time. We just don't like, now we have to tangibly decide what's worth keeping and what's not. Well, and even saying that like, you know, the internet is forever. I mean, yeah, it is, and it'll exist somewhere out there, but it's just a matter of how hard it is to find it. Yeah, and how how well you can get it to function. Cause there's a lot exactly. of old websites in the same way. So yeah, it is very interesting. Um, but anyway, going back to just Flash Player in general, um, Flash Player had quite a large user base um, and was a common format for web games, animations, and graphical graphical user interface elements embedded into web pages. So mm -hmm. basically, any kind of like animation like included on a web page. Um, and the funny thing is, the most popular use of Flash was among ten uh, to twenty year olds, which is us. 
Yeah, <laughs> that is us. Uh, but the actual like flash player was criticized for its performance, its high battery consumption on mobile devices, and a number of security vulnerabilities that it posed. Um, and notably, Steve Jobs was very against it, writing like fully an open letter why Apple would not support it on iOS devices, which is why it was so crappy to run on like you can't run it on your iPhone, you yeah. can't run it on like a lot of iPads or anything. Um, which actually goes back to your point, a lot of schools had iPads, but in reality, I mean, oh, you yeah. can't run Flash stuff on there. You can run it on laptops. Um, but anyway, notable online games created using Flash include actually Angry Birds, Woo! Farmville, and Adventure Quest. And actually, I mentioned this the last time we recorded this, but I still haven't asked our roommate if he did play Farmville, but I'm like pretty sure that he did Yeah, I, during freshman year. I played it. I will say I played it for about five minutes when I was a kid. Five minutes. And about five minutes in, it was like, hey, now you can either wait for this corn to grow for three weeks or pay $2 and the corn will grow instantly. And then I was like, oh, I'm out. What purpose does that serve? Oh, it makes, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's as, as anything else in life, it like gives you a sense of completing something. Instant gratification? Yeah. Why would you pay $2 to have fake corn grow? So that you can feed it to your fake pigs so you can get more fake farm coins. You bring an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, you know, why does anybody pay real money for anything in a game? It's like, because it, it makes you feel like you're progressing in something. And yeah, we live in a world that emphasizes productivity, but like jobs become ever efe more ephemeral as like automation takes place of a lot of like real jobs. That makes me wonder if there's been like, because of that, there's been like an online rise in online gambling during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I Like, I think really one of the reasons like, that this country especially, but any capitalist country is like suffering from mental health during the pandemic too, is like, people don't, people don't feel good about themselves unless they feel like they're accomplishing something because like we're in a society that emphasizes productivity. Hey, you didn't have to add both of us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the real, and like, I, I mean, I, I am incredibly lucky that I don't have to work, but I still feel like I need, to, need to achieve yeah. something, yeah. Uh, on a less uh, angry at uh, capitalism note, yes. uh, I also used to play Adventure Quest all the time. Um, specifically, there's an online version of it that's still running because they, they moved off of Flash uh, called Adventure Quest Worlds, but when um, one of my moms was getting her graduate degree in Chicago while I lived in Tennessee, uh, that was how we would connect, is we would play Adventure Quest together uh, late at night, yeah. Over Skype? Yeah, we would Skype each other, uh, and sometimes she would do bedtime stories, and sometimes we would play Aww. games together, yeah. That's um, really sweet. Mm -hmm. Moving on, um, I found, okay, so I told you about this already, but I found in my research this really cool website that actually documents like the history of Flash games and like the full timeline of um, the use of Flash Player for Flash games specifically. Take a shot every time that I say Flash games in this episode, <laughs> or Flash. Um, but this actual like website is formatted in a way that like, when you click on it and when you click and scroll through it, it has all of the backgrounds are like these flash games in motion, like if they were in like full gameplay. So that way it feels almost like a museum, like um, exhibit, <laughs> uh, but in website format, which is really cool. And obviously it seems fairly recent um, considering the death of flash. Um, but note, oh yeah, I wrote in the notes. Uh, the first game on this website is called Cannibalt, um, created by Adam Saltzman in 2009, 
uh, which is actually still fairly recent, uh, which popularized the, quote, endless runner genre of gameplay. The game has since been included in the New York Museum of Modern Art alongside Pac-Man and Tetris, which is also really cool yeah. um, when you start to kind of think of, um, I guess, like, old pieces of the internet as, like, a form of art yeah. uh, to be included with classic games that were developed, like, what, 50 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think... And also just the idea that any video game is being considered art at this point. Because I think when we were growing up, there was a very different opinion on video games as art. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in the same way that television has kind of like come around, I think people are beginning to appreciate video games as a medium a little more. Side note, Pac-Man, probably one of the coolest and best designs for anything ever. Oh, for sure. Um, I could draw Pac-Man when I was four. That shape is beautiful. It's simple. It's, it's a, a circle. It's a circle with a mouth, eats ghosts. Brilliant. Great. We've never designed anything better than Pat, man. I mean, I did an animation project based off of it because it was that easy. Yeah, exactly. It's just such a, it's a very neat design, good shade of yellow. A <laughs> um. good shade of, okay. Um, but the next one on the website when you scroll down is, quote, the Quim... God. Oh, <laughs> no. oh no! Oh no, the no. Quimson womb! No, no, no. Ooh -woo. no. <laughs> um, the Crimson Broom, which was developed by uh, Toshimitsu Takagi in 2004, which also wasn't that long ago, wow. um, which popularized the escape room genre, which then turned into a real-life game genre as well, as seen by the rise, I think, in the past decade of like physical escape rooms, which I've still never done before. Um, it doesn't sound fun. It sounds fun if you're doing it with your friends, like any other... Uh, like. Even then. Like, here's there's a whole genre of, like, in-person games that are only fun if you're doing it with friends. It includes trivia nights, karaoke, laser tag, mini golf, and escape rooms. I don't think escape rooms fall into that. I, I mean, we did talk about yesterday how I do have the ESTJ um, personality type, which means that I micromanage. Yeah, and then so I'm I the mediator. So, like, you'll take the lead on getting oh us God. out of the room, and I'll, like, help with conflict. I think it's just, like, it's just, like, a good dry run for how our household would do in a crisis. Oh, actually. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea. Collaborative. <laughs> no, but also I remember last time we, we talked about this, I looked it up, the, the Crimson Room is also like, it, A, it's very pretty, like the, the art style is really nice, and B, it also, there's a real life escape room that even like called itself the Crimson Room and did the layout of the Flash game, so like the link between that and starting the escape room craze is like one to one. Huh. Well... Thank you to the developer for that. Yes. <laughs> um, but while the Flash Player was released in 1986, uh, it got its own programming language in 2000, um, which meant that developers were able to use it to start making games, um, which I think I brought this up uh, last time we were talking about this, but I think Flash games is a really, uh, Flash games are a really good example of kind of like what creativity can come about like a not at all like capitalist um art form i guess because actually you know while, while we're talking about it it really is like an art form mm -hmm. um but directly from the website of the, the flash game history website um the end of life of flash in december 2020 marks the end of one of the most creative periods in the history of gaming because like i said um you don't you know, I think Flash Player allowed people who didn't necessarily have like the knowledge of coding and like all the actual technical um, skills to have to like develop a game. 
like people who were really great at animating and who were really great artists were able to create games based off of their animations with like no prior knowledge of any of that other stuff, um, which I think does allow for a lot of creativity and I think it shows a lot in the aesthetic of all the games that you'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I, I, and, and, and on the note of people having like an urge to, to make stuff, I think also like the fact that you made a game in PowerPoint as a kid is actually like, I think, one of the best things the internet has brought about is tools like Flash that make making things very much easier. Like I think at a music production level, that's like GarageBand too. Mm. Like, oh yeah, I, I think software that makes systems that allow for creativity to happen faster, Accessible. yeah, yeah. Uh, leads to like just like a huge rapid increase. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. The, the renaissance of the internet was twenty no two thousand to twenty twenty. Hopefully it was the first one though. Uh, like hopefully there will be more stuff. Like uh, things will be cheaper and things will be more accessible. I hope so. Um, but that same year, 2000, uh, there was the rise of the first flash game website, Newgrounds, which you've said that you've visited before. Anyone yep. could upload their games um, and they were published and it was all free and anyone could play them, um, which like I said, very anti-capitalist market. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, and also like a very flagrant, ig like ignoral, ignoral? Ig disregard. Let's just say disregard. Flagrant oh, yeah. disregard for copyright at this era, too. Yeah. I played maybe like a million games that were like Super Mario 365, and it was like clearly like somebody had animated like Mario by hand, like doing a, like a level from a Mario game oh, uh, without any, and then like in the comments, it would be like, not officially from Nintendo, please don't <laughs> sue or something like that. Um, what's like, what's like an off-brand Mario name? Uh, uh, I can't say Mario. I know, because that's that's just, I literally, character. it's where my brain went immediately. Uh, Mary. Mary, oh, Mary, Mary, oh. But the culture surrounding Flash games just really promoted a lot of like original ideas and made it really okay to fail because since games were able to be developed so quickly, you could literally just make another one. Um, and this was huge for the evolution and development of game design as we know it now. I mean, that makes sense too with um, like indie games as it weren't really a whole genre until like post-Flash games. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I, know, I mean, I think I put in my notes at some point here that literally like, I think in 2010, when the decline of the use of Flash started happening, thanks Steve Jobs, um, a lot of those game developers either went to like YouTube with their animations or with their games, or literally just went to like mobile game development. Yeah, I mean, I, and I also know there's some very famous indie games like uh, <laughs> Super Meat Boy and The Binding of Isaac. I'm sorry. Uh, you play as like a literally like a small man made of meat who jumps around levels and leaves a gross trail of like meat juice. Uh, I mean, we all are meat. Yeah, right? but like meat with no skin. It's literally oh, just like a hamburger God. meat anthropomorphic. Uh, yeah, which like I think is like very indicative of like, the off the wall style that a lot of Flash games have. But that was a game that started as a Flash game, then got turned into a full game later. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the off-the-wall um, kind of style that you'll find in a lot of Flash games, moving on to the general aesthetics and many controversies um, surrounding a lot of the subjects of Flash games, a content warning. We do talk a little bit about like just things that are really 
awful that did come out of uh, the design of some of these games. But according to the Wikipedia uh, page for browser games, um, while a lot of games were fairly simple, innocent runner games or building games, um, many received a lot of attention through the use of shot comedy, um, which is also a huge staple of that aesthetic. I think when we were scrolling through the Flash Game History website, we just saw a few of the names and they were so like just out there, offensive, yep. like straight up, like ooh, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe it's probably it's probably, it's probably a good thing. thing. <laughs> it didn't survive. Um, but just like some examples of that would be like the McDonald's video game, which is a satire of the McDonald's business practices where you could corrupt politicians and destroy the rainforest to make fast food, um, which would most likely get banned in the app store now. Which is also kind of an awesome game. Yeah. As like a protest piece, love that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, there was another one, Their First Dying, which was about the war in Sudan. Um, uh, Wired, the magazine, would write in 2017 that Flash games lent themselves to the exaggerated and cartoonish, a style that eventually evolved into uh, an affection, at least amongst its best creators, for beautiful grotesquire. I don't know what that, yeah. Um, like much of the younger gaming internet, Flash games defined boundaries simply crossed them. The best titles straddled a weird line between innocence and cruelty, full of gorgeous gore and enthralling body horror. Um, there were others that were much more on the seriously offensive side that reenacted like school shootings in really stylized ways, um, like Final Fantasy kind of aesthetic, which is, like you said, better off gone. Mm -hmm. um, Happy Wheels is also a great example of this, which was developed by Jim Bonacci. I think that's how you said his last name. Um, in 2006, it was inspired by a lot of like ragdoll physics-based browser games, but the violence of it stemmed from his quote, frustration with how consequences of physical actions were not treated realistically in other games. Um, it said, quote, it always bothered him when you'd fall off your vehicle and harmlessly bounce around. Um, which I guess, if you want to make a gory game, just say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 especially especially with the realism in that game. Like I remember that game, you would get your like, your character would get their leg blown off and like just like keep going. like. And I mean, that's also not real. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But I, um, as you note here, I also remember a lot of YouTubers playing um, yes. this game. Uh, usually will like screaming into their webcam because that was the era of like gaming content we were at. Where people would scream. I mean, we're still at that. Yeah, now they, yeah. Do, it on, now they do it on Twitch though. They used, oh, to, okay. they used to do it on YouTube. That's think, what we've changed. Well, I think now I really like... I, I never watched actual like gaming videos except for like now I watch some Minecraft videos, but I think yes. But I think like whenever whenever we watch like Minecraft videos, if it starts at all with like some guy being like, "What's up, yeah, guys?" It's like over. automatically, all right, next one. Yeah, no, I can't. I I think I'm. I guess I'm too old. Um, is how I feel. Speaking of also like controversial flash games, really quick. Uh, one I mentioned last time we talked about this, and I want to mention again is like also PETA used to make flash games. Uh, that oh people, my. yeah. Uh, I remember they would make. They made one game that was like a protest of Pokemon. Like they would be parody. What? Yeah, because like you know it, it encourages fighting between animals or something. Oh my god. At least in they're the not video. real. I know. I know. No. No. I know. But they would. They did a Pokemon parody where you had to deal with the ethical ramifications of um, okay, of making Peter. Pokemon. A <laughs> they did another one where you're like you know how Mario uh, has like a raccoon suit he wears sometimes. No. It, oh yeah, and like Mario three, he gets a superpower that turns him into a flying raccoon, basically. Very very cute. However, Peter decided to make a Mario parody game and 
which you were a raccoon chasing down Mario wearing like the the suit as if it was fur. Like it was an anti-fur game. Like don't wear fur. I want to know like who and PETA decided to come up with that. Like where do you draw that from the uh, what? I mean, I think I think a it's indicative of how easy flash games are to make, like that, like this. I guess. And b I think it's indicative of like I mean it was good marketing, like it worked as a marketing tactic. Like the internet blew up for a couple days talking about it, so it gave them the attention yeah. they wanted. But I think it's like an example of of how the aesthetic of Flash, like the very quick and easy and controversial, was then co-opted by an organization to push forward a Fair message. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Um, and I guess to close out this episode, uh, gotta have a part dedicated to the beloved Cool Math Games, as I had mentioned before. Um, for the Wikipedia for Cool Math Games, it said, from, sorry, uh, it says that the online portal that hosts HTML and Flash web browser games targeted at children and young adults, um, so young glad. adults being us. Uh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so glad that they added that because I would feel bad if if I didn't have permission to play cool math games. I mean, anyone can go on there. But it first went online in 1997, and the Whoa. site maintains a policy that it will only host games that the operators believe are nonviolent and educational, and is partnered with coolmath.com and coolmathforkids.com. So Happy Wheels would not be on there. But also, a lot of those games are not educational. I don't know how Papa's Pizzeria is educational, but... Like, I guess there's a vague amount of money management, right? No, not no, really. No, you just get paid. You don't yeah, you just like it. make pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that game. I had to like actively ban it in a rehearsal room. I really? Was because um, I was directing, and then my like production staff, like my assistant director and like my assistant stage manager, would when they were bored get on their like school computers and play that like play those games in rehearsal. I don't blame them. <laughs> I do when I'm trying to get work done. Um, but there was a petition on change.com to stop it from getting shut down. Um, when there was a rumor that it would be uh, because, oh yeah, when there was a rumor that it would be shut down because of the discontinuation of Flash, which I mean it didn't. Um, and there's a whole section during the COVID-19 pandemic the website's popularity increased drastically because of likely the nostalgia. <laughs> what was your favorite, or what is your favorite Cool Math game? Oh, man. Um, well, this isn't really a Cool Math specific game, but yeah. I've been playing Snake on there, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I really like uh, the Civiballs or whatever. Unfamiliar with this one. I'll have to show you. Yeah, yeah, please that. do. Mine has got to be Sugar and Sugar, sh or like Sugar Sugar. Are oh, the familiar? Bar Bonte, yeah. Yeah, the one where you have to draw the line yeah. to get the sugar. Yeah, very, oh, very of course. cool. Um, also, Run 3 is on there. Or oh, it is? It used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know how that's educational either, but... Uh, motor skills. Okay. What? You, you know, like, how fast can you move your fingers, 3D space, and all that. All right. I uh, guess. <laughs> um, um, but that's pretty much all I've got for this week. It's a pretty interesting topic. I really liked looking at it. Yeah, what is the name, one more time, of that website? The uh, FlashGameHistory.com. Yeah, for sure check that out, because Finn showed it to me, and it is very, very pretty and very cool. And according to that website it has been 58 days since the end of life of flash so rest in peace rest in peace uh what you can do to, there's also an archive online somewhere i haven't i don't know the name of it specifically where a lot of people have saved i think like thousands of old flash games mm -hmm. so if you have an old favorite you're looking to play again maybe go try to track it down uh 
If it's not offensive, it's probably on there. Yeah, honestly, some of the offensive ones made it on there. Oh, okay. You know, Britain is solid. But yeah, go check it down and play a couple Flash games. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking about it, continuing the explanation of our childhood. We're going to be talking about Rage comics. Oh, God. Here uh, we go. So, uh, see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.